Drone Talks is an online platform to spread ideas and to educate in the drone ecosystem. At Drone Talks, we discuss technology, regulatory, business, and ecosystem topics openly with industry leaders to enable and foster innovation for a better future. Hi, everyone. I'm Esther Kovac, a founder of Drone Talks. And today I am talking with Christian Janke, who is an assistant professor at the Embry Riddle Aeronautical University. Hi, Christian. Hello, Esther. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for joining us. And, you know, I'm really excited about uh, having you here at the at the Drone Talks Sea Level Discussions because you are one of the first university teacher at the show. So welcome again. Thanks. So I was just wondering what brings you to teach, you know, drone topics and unmanned system applications in a university. So what's your background? So my background is actually um, in the first place in manned aviation. So I was a helicopter pilot for the, the German army uh, in a time where there were not really uh, a lot of drones around. So the only obstacle that you had in low level airspace was mostly like birds or maybe some cables. And um, over that, when drones became really a thing, unmanned aviation, I started being interested in that. And then I uh, studied that also. And then I became uh, an academic working in research and development and also teaching and instructing instruction in, in unmanned systems. That's really great, you know, and um, I'm just wondering if someone don't know the Embry-Riddle University, what programs they offered worldwide. So I know initially they are more focused in, in American educational aspects, but you know, I know there is a worldwide campus as well. So what programs they have there? Besides the um, brick and mortar presence campuses in, in Arizona and in Florida in the United States, we also have the worldwide campus, which is much bigger and has a lot of programs that are always related to aviation in general. So. Uh, Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University at a whole is the oldest uh, fully accredited aviation specialized university in the world. And uh, we also had since many years and decades now a strong outreach to distance learning and distance education. So we really started with um, all kinds of opportunities to, to reach persons who are working full time or are deployed. And, and we did that now also through the worldwide campus. We have campuses in over 100 campuses worldwide wide uh, distributed and many of them are in Europe and we offer programs that are related to aviation in general so every new topic that emerges we have a program for that like cybersecurity, human factors maintenance and, and data analytics and also of course unmanned systems so uh, we have the programs for unmanned systems that are also offered in an undergraduate and in a graduate program at the worldwide campus that's a great news you know we are we are drone talks so we talk mostly about unmanned system topics so it just make me think obviously university is so huge potential in this unmanned system field if they kick started these programs right so can you tell me more about how it, how this program kick started? Why, you know, what's your experience regarding teaching those topics? In the beginning, it was just a specialization in the master of uh, science and aeronautics. There was one, and that was around uh, the 2011, 2012, and then it really started to become more more important. There was a lot of interest. 
not only from the students and uh, graduates, but also from the employment sector, from the drone economy and from the workforce. And that's why we concentrated on creating those two programs by um, really looking what is what is the need uh, for knowledge, skills and, and, and um, abilities from graduates in the job uh, market, in the drone economy. And, and we designed the program that way, both in a bachelor and in the master. And we are domain agnostic, which means that we cover all domains, ground, maritime space, and unmanned aircraft systems. But the majority, of course, of the programs, the large majority, because that is what currently is the most what's going on in employment and uh, in research and, and in the job market is unmanned aircraft systems. I cannot agree more. We discussed previously, this is why we kickstarted Drone Talks Academy as well, because, you know, people need the knowledge. There are there are a million programs running. Uh, you know, the EU member states just accepted the EU space regulation, which is going to create a lot of potential for drone companies to scale. And they need hire, right? They, they need people who knows what is unmanned systems about. So when I did my research for this interview, I saw that one of the R&D project or program is working on how to integrate drones into national airspace systems. So I was just wondering what's new on that R&D. Can you share some highlights like uh, about that? So there are many aspects when it comes to operating uh, drones, SUAS, small unmanned aircraft systems in, in national airspace, which can be controlled or uncontrolled. And since we come from aviation, we have the background uh, of the regulation, also of the safety of the airmanship that you need to look at how can this actually be achieved because you are changing the status quo, you are bringing manned and unmanned aviation together in near vicinity in one airspace, there may be encounters and that needs to be done in the right pace and with the um, applicable approach. And um, so the research that I'm doing and some of my colleagues really consists of the uh, connectivity uh, in the airspace. So how can uh, manned and unmanned uh, platforms, airspace participants collaborate communicate so uh, there is already still there is in manned aviation some airspace participants in sea and avoid that are not connected so they do not send out their position and in the drone uh, sector we we can see that the, those systems are very connected and i think uh, it would be good to apply that approach to everything that is airborne because we need to know where everything everybody is and and uh, it is the best way to prevent um, near misses or encounters or mid-air collisions and this is what we do in research we look at technologies that connect airspace participants such as cellular technology or adsb for drones to have uh, air to air and air to ground communication a little bit um, of that is also related to remote id which is not so much uh, related to sense and avoid but more really to uh, public safety and security where you have a transparent overview what what drone is flying where and that is also important uh, for connectivity of course because you know you have broadcast remote id and networked remote id and that, that is the research that we are doing in that field it's super interesting you know the audience knows that i spent 10 years in a cellular world so actually it's one of my specialization and uh, you know mentioning again this new use space regulation uh, you may see that uh, christian the remote id became mandatory one of the one of the mandatory is a network um, identification in the new use space regulation which is going to come in place in 2023 so i think europe definitely identified network one of the main 
you know, component of, of safety and information communication channel, which I think going to bring a lot of interesting views on the ecosystem, because let's see how the telcos and the aviation industry can work together or, or where is the data sharing model or, or how can they safely you know, integrate to each other system without losing their business leads on the other initiatives. So that's, I think it's really interesting because technologically it's possible, but you know, the business uh, is a different topic. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, talking about regulatory, we mentioned this European updates, but I know you are heavily involved in other areas as well which is not only Europe. So can you share some interesting examples from anywhere else in the world regarding regulation? And what do you find the best, most innovative idea or approach? In, in general, when it comes to regulation, it's in many countries uh, worldwide, actually the same, I would say 80 to 90% of the regulation, uh, because um, you have the first things first, which is registration of remote pilots, operators, and uh, the drone itself, the SUAS. Then you have the uh, waivers and permission to fly in certain areas. You have the no-fly zones. You need to have an, a repository and an archive and a system of clearing flights and, and, and communication approach and protocol. So what I saw is that um, there are some countries that have in threshold and developing countries, for example, not so many regulation because it's something very new in, in um, United States and in, in Europe, for example, we have a very advanced regulation where you have the system that uh, involves the BVLOS flights, for example, that are restricted uh, beyond visual line of sight, or you have uh, specific safety margins that you need to uh, think about. So uh, I would say there is a, a great range worldwide. And, and um, I'm also looking at the, uh, the registration numbers, because right now in Europe, we have a mandatory registration in all European member states, which means that we will soon have a very precise number of uh, drones and operators and, and uh, remote pilots. Because now, until now, that was only guesswork. But then we will have the right numbers. And then really don't want to name any countries as best practices, but I, I can see that in really large countries, uh, it's a great challenge, but they are doing very well, like in, in India, for example, applying best practices and, and, and uh, registration and giving permission to fly uh, in a commercial operation because all countries distinguish between model and recreational flying and commercial flying flying for money and uh, sometimes have very similar but sometimes different regulations for those two areas and, and we can really see that this approach has been overtaking in, in almost uh, all parts of the world and on the other hand when we talk about regulation you know one of the biggest challenge I think this challenge is different in different countries so I'm really curious to understand your opinion on that but you know social acceptance what do you see is that influencing uh, the regulation or or where are we regarding social acceptance when you talk about unmanned systems to anyone in in germany or how they feel about of course not the ones who are already involved in the ecosystem but you know outside of those and uh, what do you see what the industry needs to do to drive social acceptance so drones can become something like cars you know where it's normal i think in the future it will be similar like like cars or uh, like a crane i mean you know a, a drone if it's uh, used for commercial purposes in most cases it's really a professional tool and you see someone wearing a yellow vest and, and preparing the flight area and that was a couple of years ago something very very new but right now it's really people are getting used to that and again, 
getting used to um, maybe even long-range flights, BV loss operations and uh, agricultural application, drone logistics, all this is coming very slowly to the to the awareness of the people and they get used to it. And um, I think then slowly uh, there, there will be less and less problems and, and more acceptance, especially if you can show that in, in very specific use cases, you can even save lives, save money, save time by using drones. And, and it needs to be... Uh, transported much more and and be more transparent that people talk about this that's also i think a task for the drone economy and also for the regulatory bodies and the authorities to make visible what the the advantages are and what you can do and it's also something as a chance for education right and and in my case i talk about academic education professional education is something very near related to that so i think that in many areas there needs to be especially in vocational training and professional education and adaption to bring the drone as a tool as a um, something that you use to do your job into the curricula that are being taught. And that is also, I think, a, a huge challenge for the future. Thank you, Christian. I think challenge accepted. As an ecosystem, we all work on that. But it's a great challenge. And it was really lovely talking to you. Likewise, absolutely. Thanks for, for inviting me. This podcast was brought to you by Drone Talks Online, a platform designed to spread ideas and educate in the drone ecosystem. Search for dronetalks.online to hear from more of our industry leaders and to find out how you can get involved.